Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to uh, Get the Flick Out of Here uh, on the No Year's News channel. Um, I uh, am your host, Alex Blasi. With me, as always, is uh, Kate Elizabeth. It's spooky season, and I broke out the new awesome shirt. That shirt um, rules. I, I, I love it. It was an Insta buy when I found it. And uh, it will be uh, the uh, the uniform for every episode of Schlocktober uh, for the rest of the month. We'll be doing um, uh, all episodes having to do with spookiness, uh, monsters, um, uh, bad guys, um, spooky everything. Um, at some point, we're going to deviate, and I'm going to make... Um, uh, Kate, watch um, watch a, a not scary movie, and I will watch a scary movie. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what, what that will be, but the not scary movie that I'm going to force you to watch is Spooky Buddies, which of course is one of the 12 or 13 sequels to Air Bud, but now it's about the puppies, and uh, they it's Halloween, and they're all dressed up, and it's cute. Why um, scare yourself when you can just have little dogs, <laughs> little puppies? I honestly don't even know. It might be too scary for you. Like I might there's there's a there's an evil ghost dog that that is trying to get the puppies. So that might be that might be too uh, scary. For you. That might be scary for me, but at the same time, just like it's sad, and I would never encourage this. But like, put the dog down. You know. <laughs> <laughs> he already was. That's the thing. Is he's a ghost dog. Oh, he's a ghost. dog. It's not ghost dog. The way of the samurai, which is a movie we might have to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that is a wacky movie. It's it's very strange. But um, uh, today uh, we will actually have a bonus review at the end of the episode. For stick stick around for that, where we will review um, the episode of Netflix's "The Floor Is Lava," that uh, that features uh, three AEW wrestlers involved. Uh, they did not win the game show. That's the no. spoiler that I will give you, but um, so stick around for that at the end. But we're, the the first the first spooky season, you gotta say, you gotta say it like that. Season, season. The first uh, 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 movie in Schlocktober that we are going to review mm-hmm. is Transylvania Six Five Thousand. Now this is a very oddly named uh, movie, um, uh, which honestly is par for the course for the movie itself which is also very odd um transylvania 6 5000 is a very lazy pun on the song pennsylvania 6 5000 which was a staple in the 1940s made popular by the glenn miller orchestra uh it's a little swing number and here i'm going to go ahead and uh and and hum it for you because there are no words. There are no lyrics. The only lyric in the entire thing is at the end of the little uh, saxophone refrain, everyone in the band shouts in unison, Pennsylvania 6, 5,000. That's the only lyric in the entire thing. I wanted to sing it for you, but there are no lyrics. So I'm going to go ahead and as Linda, I'm going to uh, do the little refrain for you. Here we go. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
Pennsylvania thinks 5,000. Um, now, that's actually probably from Linda's time. Yes. Uh, because it is it is back in the days when there were exchanges that you had to call to uh, to get uh, in, a, in a major city like New York. Pennsylvania 65,000 was the number for the front desk at the Pennsylvania Hotel. And um, that's it's not in Pennsylvania. It's in New York. And the, the, the Pennsylvania Hotel is uh, was adjacent to Penn Station. And the Penn Station was the uh, the neighborhood that you would call and you would say, I would like Pennsylvania 6, 5,000. And Pennsylvania started with 7-3. And so it was P-E for Pennsylvania. was Because if you look at your little things, P-Q-R-S and D-E-F. So it was Pennsylvania. So seven three, you were really calling the number seven three six five thousand. But there were no area codes back then. So if you were trying to call uh New York, you wanted to talk to somebody at the front desk of the Pennsylvania hotel and make a reservation, you would have to call your local operator. We would put you through to the New York local operator. Now you would tell your local operator, I want to call Pennsylvania six five thousand. Um, uh, and they would put them through to the thing. And then eventually somebody at the front desk, of Pennsylvania hotel would pick up the phone and, and, um, and then you would talk to them about maybe make a reservation at their hotel. So because this name was so weird, I looked into it a little bit more and there was a series of shorts called mm -hmm. Transylvania six, 5,000 mm -hmm. in the 1960s. Also seemingly very different from this movie though. Right. Yes. The, the 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 pun was so lazy that Bugs Bunny used it first. There it is. Like that like there like it's yeah, it's a very odd um thing. But here's the deal. The song was popularized in the in nineteen forty, so pre-World War II for the US. Um and by the end of the sixties, no one was using exchanges anymore. So charitably this is a reference that is at least almost two decades old by the time the movie comes out and potentially almost 50 years old nobody who knows like nobody who is um the target audience for this film um is old and would be old enough to even know what the hell pennsylvania six five thousand is right. let alone like why they're doing it as a parody and it was literally just because Pennsylvania sounds like Transylvania. Transylvania. And that's it. And that's kind of a good microcosm of the movie, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there you go. That's why the movie is called that. I mean, I would argue it shouldn't be called that, but that's why they decided to call the movie Transylvania 65000. Um, the, uh, the movie begins... With a very obviously, uh, seemed to be very obviously staged, um, badly uh, filmed uh, incident where a man is attacked by Frankenstein on a camcorder video. Um, he's a very bad actor. This door is locked and I cannot get through the door. And then two giant Frankenstein hands punch through the door and grab him around the waist and then walk off with him. Um, 
and uh, and then it cuts into a, a newspaper office um, where the editor of the of the paper, uh, played by Norman Fell from Three's Company, in his one scene in the entire picture, uh, he, he he's trying to be, like he, he runs a tabloid, and so he wants he wants to send out uh, his guys to Transylvania to get the story, the real story on the return of Frankenstein. Trouble is, there's a guy there, Jack, who's played by Jeff Goldblum. And it is very funny to me that um, that there was a point where uh, Jeff Goldblum actually became a heartthrob. Um, yes, yeah. And, but he was not that yet. But they yeah. still cast him as such. Right. And, like He was still in a very awkward phase. It was, seemed like he was all pointy elbows. Just everything was kind of <laughs> like this. And... Um, uh, very, very gangly and and uh, yeah, it didn't work. But he, he's this uh, anyway. Jeff Goldblum is Jack, and he's like, "You hired me to bring some journalistic prestige uh, to this paper. Um, I don't want to. I'm not going to do a Frankenstein story. Yes, you are because if you don't, you'll be fired or whatever. Um, and if you're if you don't, if, uh, and then the other guy who's sitting there is Ed Begley Jr. Um, and, uh, he is, uh, obviously on the side of the, uh, the, of the editor because he's a big fan of all the schlock that they do at this particular paper. Um, it says you're both going and you're going to bring back me back a story about, uh, the Frankensteiner. You're both fired. And Ed Begley Jr. Looks at the editor and says, you can't fire me. I'm your son. And that was, that was a, a honestly, a really good reveal. Because up until that point, I thought he was the toady reporter yes. who was licking the boots of, of the editor. But just it was such a great way of revealing that you can't fire me. I'm your son. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so they're, they, they gave him, he gives him tickets, plane tickets, uh, train tickets, bus tickets to, to get uh, all the way to Transylvania. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And over the uh, the montage of them getting there, they play uh, an an '80s song, very '80s song, called Transylvania Six Five Thousand. Um, and the, here, if I'm trying to think, I can sing the the um, very '80s chorus. Transylvania Six Five Thousand. There you go. That's it. That was beautiful. Um, no, thank you. Um, oh, wait, it was. It was like, he goes Transylvania six, five thousand. Transylvania six. Whoa! There you go. Um, very, very eighties. Does not um, get more eighties than that. No, no, it does not. <laughs> um, but uh, they arrive in Transylvania, which um is not an actual country. It is a region, I believe, of Romania. Um, and. Uh, they are. Uh, they they get off the the bus, in uh, in in in. They say, well, "Well, what? This doesn't look like there's townsfolk running around screaming with, with torches and pitchforks. Um, it's cute. Transylvania's cute, and I like because it does. It's very quaint. It's got you know the old world charm and uh, vendors selling flowers in the streets. You know, it's nice. Um, but then Jack, because uh, Jack is this character in the '80s. Uh, sees a a, uh, a pretty gal, and immediately loses focus on any of everything else. Of course, because uh, there's a, there's a kid who's traveling with the gal, uh, 
and she runs over to the flower station. He says to Ed Begley Jr., he says, Gil is his name. Hey, Gil, go play with the kid. I don't want to play with the kid. She's not my age. Um, you go play with the kid. Why should I play with the kid? And he looks up, realizes the pretty girl, and says, oh, okay, I get it. Um, and uh, Jeff Goldblum makes time with the single mother because he doesn't know she's a single mother. We find out later she's divorced. Um, but for all he for all he knows, the husband may be in the hotel making reservations, making getting the room ready for for like. But he doesn't care. He He's immediately care. wants to have sex with this with this woman he just met. So, I didn't do a ton of research around this, but I did find out that this was filmed in Yugoslavia because the guy making it had like money that legally couldn't be spent outside of Yugoslavia. So it's like. <laughs> reason that it, Transylvania is in Yugoslavia because the creator of the film uh, had to spend money in Yugoslavia on mm -hmm. something extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's good. So there like, it is. Your, your Yugoslavian money cannot be uh, cannot be translated into other coin. So we must make this movie in Yugoslavia. That's it. Honestly, if you told me that the producer of this film had a whole bunch of money that could not be spent anywhere outside of Yugoslavia, and that alone was the reason this film was written, produced, and made. Yeah, I believe it. Absolutely. I believe it. Um, they run into, happen to run into the mayor of um, of Transylvania. Is is that a is it a town or is it a? Anyway, the mayor of the town they are in. Um, and he is played by Jeffrey Jones, who we saw earlier in. What did we do with Jeffrey Jones in it? Stay tuned. Yes. Thank you. He's You're been in welcome. so many movies, not recently, because a child porn bust will stop that from happening. But, but, um, but uh, before that point, he was in a great many films, um, and this was this was prior to uh, Ferris Bueller, uh, prior to Beetlejuice. Um, but he was still <clears throat> a very up and coming um, character actor, and he is the mayor of this town, and he uh, he's he's got a wonderful, vaguely Eastern European accent. Hello. Yes, of course. Welcome to my town. I am Jamea. Uh, my name is Mayor Lepestu. Um, and uh, he's a very uh, affable friend, a uh, fellow. <clears throat> and um, uh, he says, uh, we have a wine festival that's starting tomorrow night. You have a wonderful time to come here. <clears throat> There's a point where I think Gil, Ed Bentley Jr., just wants to start looking for Frankenstein because that's why they're there anyway. Jack has no interest. None. Um he just wants to make it with the with the uh with the lady that he just met. Yeah, and I think he doesn't really believe that Frankenstein's monster is No, of of, here. of course, but so why is he even going to bother? The, the the reason that that he was coming here is because if he doesn't he's going to get fired. Right. He was going to like <clears throat> he I think he says at some point he's going to do a story that's going to debunk the whole thing. But he's not even interested in doing that anymore. No, there's a pretty girl. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty girl. Um, who honestly is um is a bit of a wit. Um yes. 
uh, and uh, she's uh, she's she's very clever um, in her. You know, this is not her first rodeo. Um, but he's like, um, uh, I was I was going to come back and, and talk to you in, in the bus because he gets off the bus as well. And he's um, like, uh, but you were too bashful. Exactly. But now that I'm speaking to you, I feel with a lot more confidence. That's good. You'll be able to deal with rejection. <laughs> and I was like, she should have just walked away. That should have been and it. Honestly, that should have been that whole arc. Yep. If, if, if she had done that, she would have saved herself a lot of trouble. Anyway, we find out that she's just trying to go somewhere where her ex-husband can't find her, which is how she wound up in Transylvania. And I'm like, but, there's got to be other places you could have gone. Yes, but I'm glad they justified it because there's not like a reason to go to Transylvania. No, except for if you, except for if you were, you know, they could have done a uh, a thing where she was a I don't know. Um, she writes a column for a wine magazine, and therefore she and Jack would have had something in common. They're both writers. They're both journalists of a kind, and she's there because of the wine festival, um, and. The reason she brought her daughter is because it was supposed to be her week with her father, but he ran off to the to the you know to the South China Sea with with his you know his personal trainer or whatever, and I couldn't get a babysitter for this amount of time, so I had to bring her with me. Now, this is my sickness. I have to make things better, <laughs> but um, uh, but to me, it always felt weird that like she just happened to be there. I, I would have liked if she was there was a reason for her to have been there, completely separate from why Jack was there. But you've already said there's going to be a big wine festival that is supposedly famous the continent over, says the mayor. So enforce that by having her be there for said wine festival. Anyway, when Ed Begley Jr. starts asking around about Frankenstein, everybody in the entire uh, it's like, oh, Frankenstein. So then they say, hey, have you seen Frankenstein? Frankenstein? This guy's looking for Frankenstein. I'm pretty sure the entire town is laughing at him. Um, and uh, by by extension, uh, uh, everyone's laughing at Jack as well, and Jack's very upset about this. Of course. Um, so they start trying to do <clears throat> some kind of um, reconnaissance Trying to figure out what what's the deal with this. Um, this here's the deal. This is where I, this is where it starts to become very evident. Here's what I here's what I feel figured out about this movie. It is a, it is a straight comedy with parody sensibilities, <coughs> and that doesn't really work. <laughs> no, no, it is a parody. Of all these old monster movies, um, of all the characters in said monster movies, and uh, <clears throat> and while also just trying to be a story about two journalists trying to gather information on a on a project, and it's not it's not you can't do really both things, but um, like the whole trope of. There's two guys here. One guy's a bumbling idiot. The other guy's an absolute horn dog, and uh, and that's very eighties. Um, and the horn dog is just trying to make time with a lady, you know how of we course. all do. Um, and and uh, but that doesn't quite work if if everything else is um, it's not. It, 
it's, it's trying very hard to be some kind of weird spiritual sequel to uh, young Frankenstein. Young, uh, yeah, young Frankenstein, not Frankenstein. Um, but it's not working. To the point uh, where, because I didn't really pay attention to this, and for some mm -hmm. reason, I like, I skipped that young Frankenstein was in the 70s and not the mm -hmm. 80s. But mm -hmm. like, I thought this was, I thought this was before that. And I thought this was a Mel Brooks film because it felt so much. It was trying so hard to be Mel Brooks that I thought this was literally Mel Brooks before he like came into his own or something like yep. legitimately. But this came yep. after Young Frankenstein was significantly worse and was mm -hmm. like 15 years later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> but that's how um, much of a on its face parody it was trying yeah. to be. Mm -hmm. And to your point, that doesn't work when you're also trying to tell a, a clear story at the same mm -hmm. time. Right. Um, uh, at some point, I guess a note. Oh, there's no ambition that they do. This I forget about this. How can I? How can I forget about this? They're staying at a hotel, which is uh, a, con a converted old uh, castle, um, and uh, Ed Begley Jr. walks up to it as though it's haunted, and they've got a big "We accept American Express and Diners Club." stickers on the door um and uh and so they go in and they're they are they will they they knock on the door and they are greeted by michael richards uh of course from seinfeld but also um uhf which we uh um reviewed before this is, is prior to you this is prior to uhf was but he stay tuned also for a cameo no 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 he was he was in uhf that was the one the one michael the richards one. thing we got um but <laughs> he's playing the same character from UHF, just Eastern European. Yes, true. Instead of a janitor, he's a butler. But he's obsessed with uh, not mops, but um, uh, or moppelgangers. But uh, <laughs> he's obsessed with um, uh, how do I say this? He's obsessed with comedy, like bad vaudevillian comedy like he he answers the door with a ventriloquist doll well not i mean i don't know what the hell you would call it I mean, it's a little it's a little baby doll but he's got a mustache on it and weird hair and a tuxedo um at some point he's doing he's got googly eyes like the googly eye glasses and he's and he's got a fake hand that gets pulled off of him when somebody shakes his hand or whatever uh fake leg um it's it, it's real it does it has no bearing on anything else in the movie not even a little bit. There's no reason for it to be that you could have taken out the entire character and just there's another servant who works there whose name is Radu. Um, and uh, and you could have just given all of his shit to Radu, but you invented a character for Michael Richards to play, which is absolutely insane. And some of the gags are funny, but they don't add anything to the plot or they don't. He has to have a fleshed out character. And they're not that funny. That they're not like, that funny, but it's, it's like, you know, it's just, it's a lot of pratfalls because he's, he's training for Kramer. Um, but yeah, no, it's not really a, a reason for him to, to be there at all. Um, anyway, they finally get inside and they realize that the guy who owns the hotel is also the mayor, Mayor, mayor Lepescu. Um, and, uh, they also meet Radu um, and uh, Radu's wife, 
played by Carol Kane, um, who is this weird masochistic uh, character who, uh, like, Radu hates her so much. And she loves him so much. And she was, she, she's, Carol Kane's a friggin' uh, a magician um, with some of the stuff that they, that in the 80s, asked her to make, to make work. And then she did. Because this, some of the stuff here is like, doesn't make any sense. But she's just so damned cute. She really is. She's so charming. <laughs> um, and you're right. Cause I, even watching this thought, I was like, on the script, how someone even thought to write this is so dumb, but she, the way she brings it to life makes it good and passable in ways that it should not be. Like this, this written and um, brought to, to life by other people would probably be very bad. But she does. She's you just. She's so easy to fall in love with. Like she's right. so much, so much fun. Um, uh, Radu cannot stop calling everybody master and so he's obviously the igor parallel yes um but um he's just uh the the guy who's in the head of the kitchen and one of the butlers in this hotel um and his wife is the maid uh and i can't remember her name but anyway all their scenes are are her annoying him very sweetly and him being disgusted by her very existence. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We realize, I think I realize later, the psychology of it is that he is obsessed with being subservient to other people and cannot stand when someone else is subservient to him. To him, yeah. Which is an interesting, like, um, like a very, uh, like, BDSM type of thing. <laughs> if you are, you are a bottom, you will never ever be a top. And he can't he can't allow himself to ever be the dom to another sub. He has to be the sub to everybody else's dom. To the point where he can't even say anybody's name outside of master, which we see later, but it's funny where I'd be like, say the name Gil. You what? can call me Gil, not master. And he'll be like, <laughs> like you can't actually physically say it. It's really that bar was fun. <laughs> Master. Um <laughs> so I mean they're staying in this hotel, right? Um and um Jack gets a note delivered to him by Feos, who is uh, Michael uh Richards. Oh, I should also say there is a phone. In, in there's a phone in 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 the the main hall that is shaped like a, a a monster of some kind, and when it rings, it rings do 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 do, and every time it rings, Feos dances over to, to, to pick it up <laughs> for no reason, and when he picks it up, he says, Transylvania six five thousand. As though that he's he's answering like you know, the pesky residents, and so there's there you go there's the connection I guess. Um, a notice Hanging delivered by, by the thread I would say yeah. is that connection. <laughs> um, uh, he delivers um, a note to um, to Jack 
via fake hand. So when he pulls the note, the fake hand comes with it. Ha ha. But anyway, the note is from a um, a, a, uh, a gypsy lady who purports to have um, information. Um, we see earlier in the movie that she uh, has an assistant herself who said, bring them to me. And they go and they see her fortune teller. And he says, um, uh, they, we will, they will, she's directing them not to Frankenstein, but to the wolf man. Because a, man, a werewolf um, is so funny. Uh, I couldn't help but think, watching the whole thing, that it looked like it was Marlon Brando in drag. Just the way that the face was shaped and uh, the obvious bad old age makeup and the weird wig. Every time I was like, this, that's Marlon Brando in drag. I know it's not, but it looked like him. That's very funny. Um, and so I was like, you must go find Lawrence Malbutt. He is... Um, um, and um, <clears throat> he is my son, and he must help him. He will turn into the werewolf. Uh, at, at outside, and, the, and they, 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 somehow they find Lawrence Malbert. No, no, there's a lot of deleted scenes. Thank God, because the movie's long enough as it is. <laughs> but um, where they where they must have like found. Um, oh, there was a scene earlier where Gil goes and in, investigates the chapel where the f thing was filmed, and then a falling chandelier inside the chapel nearly decapitates him. <laughs> And then I was like, and there's a guy there who's like, hello, like, whoa, uh, I am the chief of police here. It's very dangerous for Americans to be snooping around. And and then Gil runs away like this. <laughs> because he does. And so and Jack doesn't believe him that the chief of police tried to have him killed with a falling chandelier because why would you believe that? But anyway, they apparently found via records in the town hall where Lawrence Malbert lives. And they go and they, they go to his house and he comes out and he's already scratching and pulling his tie and everything. And he, he goes out into the woods and they, they hear a grunting and, and animalistic sounds in, in the bushes. And they, they, they follow him in there and they peel back the bushes and there's Lawrence Malbert, um, Having sex with a with a girl in later hosen, and um, and, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. Uh, we thought you were an animal. He's, she says, <laughs> <coughs> and um, it's just uh, it's just a, 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 more of that kind of stuff, like um, mistaken identities and things like this. It's all a bunch of crap like this. Um, uh, until uh. <laughs> Ed Begley Jr. tries to sneak into um, uh, an insane, insane asylum where the only doctor in town has been, lost his license or whatever. And to which, by the way, uh, Jeff Goldblum replies, my doctor lost his license, no big deal. And I was like, that seems like something that should be a big deal, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> you should not be going to a doctor who right. lost his license. Um, yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he tries to sneak in and the, the, the security guard rebuffs him and gets out of here. So he climbs up onto the fence with his elbows and then sees some ladies coming. So he swings around and he's holding himself up by his elbows. Like, Hey ladies, what's it going with his feet dangling? It's a very, it was a very funny little uh, sight gag, but like, 
ultimately means nothing. It's kind of the rest of the movie. Yep. Um, he, he gets Jack's help to break him in to this thing because the only lead they have is there must be a Dr. Frankenstein, right? Um, so they break him in. Um, uh, and they make, they sneak a, a robe that's on a clothing drying line, put him in it, and uh, sneak him over the wall. Um, and then uh, he's able to watch through a window as the chief of police and the mayor, who are obviously both corrupt, are talking to Dr. Malavakwa about, hey, there's been sightings of your creatures. They're, they're still la- they're locked in your laboratory, right? Of course they are. What do you think I am? Um, and uh, then after he leaves, he gets on the phone and calls Radu and says, make sure all of the creatures are locked up in the laboratory, Radu. I'm coming over. And so this is all very, uh, very, very incriminating stuff for for Ed Begley to just be able to watch through a window. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Um, and um, so they're able to sneak him out over the wall again through some shenanigans. Um, oh, I forgot. I don't know why I forgot this, but um, uh, Ed Begley Jr. Um, uh, was sleeping the first night they were there and in into the into the into the, his room through the window comes Gina Davis a very young Gina Davis very buxom Gina Davis um, this is where she and Jeff Goldblum met and then they got mm-hmm. married and then they split three years later but yeah. this was the source of it it's funny because I don't think she has any scenes with him but her entire love interest thing is what she was at Begley Jr. yes yeah um, and she, she, um, she wants, uh, I must have you. I must, I, I need you. I, and, um, and it's not like I want to drink your blood. It's like, I, I want to, um, to, uh, have your children. It's a very, is she's very, very forward. Um, uh, also her boobs are very forward because, uh, because it, the, the garment she's wearing is cut this and there's much, much of that. Um, she had huge plots of land. <laughs> yep, she did. Um, she did. Um, her 2.0s were out. And That's so, right. <laughs> um, but uh, somehow, like, uh, she disappears or whatever. And then uh, later, he, he has to go and try and find Radu so Radu can lead him into the, um, into the laboratory. Um, but uh, when when he he gets led into a into a room with no no exits and he can't find a way out, and then he's um, that's where he's accosted a second time by Gina Davis, who again just wants to have sex with him, um, and um, and he's uh, he for some reason needs her to get off of him, so uh, he knock, knocks on the floor. He's sitting in a chair. Oh, there must be somebody at the door. And he walks over to the door, knowing there's nobody there. And then he turns around, and she's gone. He's like, oh, come on! Like, well, What were you trying to do there? What yeah. was the point, then, of getting her... I don't know. Anyway. 
Um, this is uh, leads into to some, I think honestly some of the most fun in the entire thing, <clears throat> which is Dr. Malavakwa was a very reasonable person. He comes and he finds Radu, says, um, but, uh, they're gone. This is not good. Um, uh, we have to find all these people so that they, you know, they can come back. So they're not scaring people because we don't want that. But as soon as he crosses the threshold into his lab, it's a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing where he becomes a mad scientist just because he's in the lab. Lab, sure, He yeah. grabs his hair and makes his hair all crazy, and he goes, ah! ah. Um, and he goes nuts, and he uh, becomes, while he is very complimentary and nice to his servants, Radu and Radu's wife, um, uh, as soon as he crosses the threshold, he becomes just a horrible person. <laughs> and he's, uh, you, you, um, you lowlifes, Go find me my the people who have escaped because Odette is gone, and he doesn't like that. Um, and and Hanyadi is the last name of this person who he's turned into a um, a, a Frankenstein. Um, like oh, but your favorite is still here. So uh, oh, my favorite's still here. So he goes, opens the coffin, and inside is a mummy. The mummy is alive. Um. And looking at him, but will not move out of the thing. He says, hey, does this hurt? And she nods. Well, the mummy nods. Spoiler alert. Pokes it again. The mummy says, nods every time. He's like, oh, good. Everything hurts. Um, it's just a very odd, all this thing. Um, now, this is around the time, I think. Oh, here was the point. Jack got the single mom to, I guess leave her five-year-old daughter alone in the hotel room and come downstairs to have dinner with him in the restaurant in the hotel. And she asks, this is where she divulges the whole thing about the ex-husband, and she asks, what, what brings you to Transylvania? She says, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a journalist. I'm here to do a story. Well, what story are you doing? Well, I mean, it's a sore subject for me, but I, it's just, I'm here looking for Frankenstein. And she just bolts out of the restaurant. Anyway, did you find it all at all odd how Elizabeth, the the, the paramour of Jack, uh, finds out that he's there to do a story on Frankenstein, and then just bolts out of the restaurant immediately? But the next time we see them together, it's fine. Yeah, what happened? Because she uh, yeah, uh, made fun of him, mm -hmm. left, and there's no reconciliation that we nope. see. But it's like, it's all good. Totally fine. Totally fine. Having a clue. Um, but they're having a picnic in the park, forest, field, meadow. I don't know. Um, and uh, Ed Bagley Jr. runs up and says, uh, hey, you know, I, we, uh, I've, I've, there's, there's all kinds of shenanigans going on at the castle. And um, uh, so... <clears throat> They uh, they have to go look for the kid who's run off. Because she says at one point, like, uh, listen, Jack, you stay here and talk to, to Gilf. I'm going to go make sure that my daughter, Laura, who, again, is five years old and in a foreign country, 
where she does not speak the language. I'm going to make sure she hasn't wandered off too far. And spoiler alert, she wandered, she wandered off too far in the middle of the friggin' forest. And um, is uh, she comes across um, uh, Frankenstein. Giant platform shoes. Which I think is part of the parody. The par yes. platform shoes were this tall. Um, Ace uh, really I, I would, could never. I would, I would love it if at some... Here's the deal also. Um... You have, uh, there was a scene between Ed Begley Jr. and Jeff Goldblum, Jeffrey Jones, and Michael Richards. And not a single guy in that in that uh, thing is, is, is shorter than six foot three. Correct. They're all very tall guys, which means it was an, a, a wonderful opportunity for them to cast somebody very short opposite them to make it very funny. <clears throat> I also thought it would be great if somehow along the way uh, Frankenstein had to get rid of his shoes and was like a foot shorter than all the other guys <laughs> in the cast. That would have been so good. <laughs> but what do I do? I try and I, I, I think things are bad, so I make things better. Listen. They all go into the woods to look for her, right? Um, uh, Ed Begley Jr. climbs up a tree to like get his bearings and see if she can find him. He's by a swamp or whatever. And as he climbs back down the tree, the trunk of the tree, he comes face to face with Frankenstein, who apparently was leaning up against the tree, standing underneath him for some reason. And he freaks out and he backs into the swamp and uh, a hand reaches up from the swamp to grab his testicles. And so he screams again and runs away again. Jack, meanwhile, um, is out looking for Laura and uh, I don't um, I don't even know what to say about this you're, so, you're so deflated I, it's, it, Jack meanwhile finds um, uh, a bush that again is shaking like the bush before with Lawrence Malbot right the same animalistic grunts are coming from within the bush. So he assumes it's Lawrence Malbot out there with another lederhosen girl uh, having sex with her. And then out jumps an actual wolfman. Fully fully in, in frothed and, and fully furry. But it's daytime. So that's odd. <clears throat> yeah. um, and so, Rule 101 for werewolves. Right. He, he runs away. Yeah. And he comes into, in, in, into uh, he finds Ed Begley Jr., um, who's able to get the wolfman away from beating up Jack by jumping onto his back and getting a piggyback ride out of the forest. Yes. Um, they can't find the little girl. They um, Elizabeth has been sent to go try and get the cops. Right? Um, and uh, they... Whatever. Um, so <laughs> it's so fun. Jack apparently he gets arrested. What did they get arrested for? What do they get arrested for? No, this he gets arrested. Movie. He gets arrested, and then Elizabeth breaks him out of jail. Um, 
I forget, I forget that why he gets arrested, but it's he's kind of like, how long are you gonna keep me in here? Like it's clearly a ploy to keep them away right. from any of the funny business. Right. Then they they all the all the cops take the night off except for one guy who's guarding the jail, and they all go to the wine festival. Um, but she breaks him out by smashing a, a, a bottle over the one cop's head and breaks him out of jail and says, Where are the below the cops? Uh they took the night off to go to the wine festival. Well, I'm gonna go give them a piece of my mind if you're looking for my daughter. So a valid point. Yeah, this is true. And so he goes. This is one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. It's one of those things that made me it's because you know what you know what does it for me, Kate? Timing. Timing is the most important thing in comedy, and if it works, it works. So he goes and he's like trying, he goes back to the gypsy woman to try and get her to like maybe tell him where's the girl where's gill where's frankenstein where's the wolf what's going on and so she she says to him while looking at her crystal ball she says you must go to the castle on under the castle by the moat there is a secret entrance you must jump off the bridge and into the moat Swim to the embankment. And these interrupts her and says, wait, wait, there's there's no water in the moat. Then don't jump off. Just walk <laughs> down and walk into the door. And just the way that she does, like, you must jump off. There's no water. Then don't jump off. Like, it's just <laughs> so funny. Very um, flexible, spooky instructions for sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but also very practical. Yes. Like, yes. Um, you know, if there is no water, then don't jump off. Don't jump. Bad idea. Um, uh, but I love that her instructions were were uh, were an old old instructions for when the when the moat still had water. Yes. Um. Uh. But so he's able to, um, get into the the thing, and he meets Bevilacqua, and they have Malavacqua, whatever. They have a fight, which, which gets him out of the laboratory and when as soon as he does he becomes oh hello how are you what, what's going on here um would you like some espresso and the espresso machine is inside the laboratory so every time he comes to he <laughs> immediately is very nice and cordial and offers some espresso but that takes him back in the laboratory where he goes crazy again so um there's a all oh, whatever um odette is there and she breaks out uh, Gill or whatever. There's all this stuff. Meanwhile, they've sent out uh, Radu and his wife to go find Hanyadi uh, at the old stables. Uh, Hanyadi has taken the girl there for no other reason than to play poker with her. Just <laughs> weird. Uh, they're playing. They're playing five card draw, and he deals her a full house. And uh, that's the way that the, the hand ends. And then uh, Radu shows up, and they try to chloroform him but that doesn't work it's a lot of very uh, haphazard slapstick stuff that happens in this uh, thing they're able to finally knock him out and put him in a in a cart uh that uh gets drawn out of there by a by a riding lawnmower but the cart gets stuck whatever so all of the evidence in this film for what's going on is uh that is winds up at the wine festival where they where jack harrison 
is trying that oh, oh that's what that's what happens that's what happens Hanyadi um ends up taking the girl right yes carrying her for a while she's riding on his shoulders they have to walk a long way from the castle to um because they went back at the castle after the court cart thing they had to walk all the way to the wine festival i don't know why but they do um and for a while she's riding on his shoulders um then he's carrying her and she's like i feel sleepy and then by the time he gets there she's so asleep that she looks like she's dead dangling in his arms which i thought was a very clever way to make everybody think that um that uh that he has uh murdered her um but he, he drops her at the feet of uh her mother who is there trying getting arrested herself for for being a nuisance at the wine festival anyway um so uh, she comes to says mommy oh good you saved my daughter thank you but all the people there are like oh no it's frankenstein we have to burn him at the stake so they chain him to a bunch of statues and they're gonna they put a bunch of kindling at his feet they're gonna burn him so that's when jack and, and gil show up and um and jack tries to explain everything uh with the help of malavakwa who as it turns out is actually a very benevolent doctor when he's not in his laboratory right um and he's like uh this is kurt hanyadi he's your neighbor remember how he had that horrible accident and he was paralyzed i fixed him i was able now he can walk again we can't speak yet but we're working on that all this kind of like oh that was very nice um they're able to explain um all all these things there's a there's a scientific explanation for this there's always the the, the person in the horror movie who says listen the ghosts aren't real there has to be a real explanation for this and so that was them giving the real explanation for all of it but i also it did love the town is like with yes. fire full pitchforks yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and um jeff goldblum is trying to explain everything and um gil is ed peg the jr is nobody wants to hear him out but he's the voice of reason in the crowd and he's several voices of reason in the crowd yeah. he'll be like we should hear him out yeah we should hear him out we should hear him out which is just a fun way and then the crowd because crowd my, crowd and bob mentality yes. are that that easily swayed and dumb are like yeah. you know what yeah we should hear him out but him um, very quickly taking out these personas was a charming little bit in this. Very funny. <laughs> and also the the, the natural, um, because Gil is also an idiot, um, the natural conclusion to this bit is um, uh, uh, <clears throat> the, the chief of police, of course, who's also corrupt, is uh, 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 does, and does not want the truth to come out, um, is acting as the prosecuting attorney in this whole thing with with between him and Goldblum and he says come on are you really going to take the word of a foreigner and a madman and and, and the junior in the crowd is going no no we won't take the word oh I mean yes I mean yes we will yes, take the word will. but by that point <laughs> oh no the crowd has just turned um and they're about to kill everybody um, but there was this whole thing where they, they, they bring out the mummy. You know her as ugly Helga or something. But look, I, all the plastic surgery I did, um, uh, now she's beautiful. They take off all of her, all of her uh, 
wrappings, and she's a uh, uh, she's beautiful. And then uh, and also they took all the wrappings, uh, and she grabs her own boobs, says bazonkers. I never counted on bazonkers. <laughs> Um, this, this movie was bazonkers. I'll tell you that much. It was. Um, and but all of the, I, 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 I appreciated them doing the thing of, well, if these things aren't actually Frankenstein and whatever, uh, and and um, and she's not actually a vampire. She's just um, she likes to wear capes and she has f- fake vampire teeth, and that's it. That's that's the whole thing. Um. The mummy we did really see mummy. earlier that the Wolfman is kind of just yes. a dude, which was funny. He was like, "I got scared of the people outside." Whatever, like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> which yeah. is which is great. Like he, him, looking scary or he whatever, but just being hyper like, eh. tri- trichosis or something like that. There's an actual thing. Every time if you go to Ripley's, believe it or not, they'll in one of those things they'll mm-hmm. always have the the dog face boy in all of those old. Um, uh, you know, traveling freak shows, it's a thing. It's a very rare condition, but you grow f- f- hair all over your entire body, including your face. Um, some, like, really bad cases, like, you grow it out of your eyelids. So, you like, it's it's just horrible. So, um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm experimenting on him with electrolysis, and he opens up his shirt, and so he's got a big, nice circle on his belly with no hair. So, a scientific explanation for everything. Uh, everything turns out fine. The mayor and the police chief are found to be corrupt and run out of town or whatever. Um, uh, Elizabeth uh, is in love with Jeff with Jeff Goldblum. They have their story, um, uh, and that's the end. Basically, yeah. I don't remember if there was like nothing got tied up. They didn't go back to to to. Um, to America with like the like, no, we don't see it sell a million papers or anything like that. Right? Does anything but, happen with Ed Begley Jr.? Does something happen? No, with here's him the, and Gina uh, now. I remember what it is. Now I remember what it is. Like uh, Jack is going to write a story exposing corruption in the Transylvanian government. That's what because <laughs> because those are the stories that he was hired to write. But we see issue after issue of the paper of fake stories about. The things that that you know uh, that uh, that you know sensationalist retellings of the uh, the thing like there's the 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 wolf the wolf man got all of his uh, hair shaved off and um, and now he is uh, 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 a champion surfer because he's nice and sleek. <laughs> That's right. Oh, stuff yes. like that. I forgot to mention that the gypsy lady. Um, was uh was ashamed of her son for being so different and so that's why she was trying to get him help uh and we see a, a very tearful reunion between a wolfman boy and uh and his mother so there you go his gypsy mom i, I guess i i, I don't there's nothing else to say it's there's a very really it's a very 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 odd movie like it doesn't like uh, almost none of it holds up um, to I mean, nothing holds together. Like, yeah, I don't think it works, which is unfortunate. Like it's I don't think it works. And I think all the payoff comes so late. Like it feels like even though things of consequence are happening, like I feel like 
nothing of consequence was really happening for such a, like 75% of this movie or so. Like yeah. it, it takes a really long time for things to kick into gear. This was one of those ones, and I love this because this was one that had like one star on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, but on Amazon had like four and a half stars or whatever. And I just think that's fun because it's like, there are people who knew what they were signing up for and will always love it for the gags in it. And then there's people that objectively look at it as a movie and understand that it is very bad. Like it's a, it's not, it's not a good movie. It fits no. into the, it's not a good movie, but you can like it category. It is, it is, uh, it, it is only held together by the most tenuous of threads. Yeah. Um, there's giant parts of this movie that if you just excised them from the, from the picture entirely, it would still be the same movie. Be fine. Yeah. Which is not great because that means you have extraneous bullshit in your film. Yeah. Um, and a lot um, of it. A lot. And a lot. And a lot. A lot of it. Um, um, it, it. It is a movie that feels like somebody had to make it yeah. in Yugoslavia to get rid of all their Yugoslavian cash. Yes. It you does know? feel like it. Um, and, and honestly, if you're making a movie in the mid '80s in Yugoslavia, this is about as good as you could get. Um, you know, like there wasn't there wasn't a lot of of um, of um, uh, what, what do you call it a, a, a film um, uh, industry in the former Soviet Union Eastern Bloc countries in the late in the mid to late '80s. That's there funny. wasn't a lot of that still left over. So, um, so this yeah. is, it's also hurt by the fact that it's predecessors and a lot of the other things that were coming out at the same time are just done better. Like mm -hmm. young Frankenstein is legendary and this does feel like it was trying to be some sort of sequel or next door to it. Um, and it's, it's just not, and even the type of humor of that, Mel Brooks, or if you want to go into like Airplane, or even some of the other things that we reviewed on here before, like because it's just trying to do way too much in the vein of telling a straight story, like you said, and being a parody, like it, it just is so compromised because it's just trying to accomplish two separate things at the same time. Like it, yep. it doesn't work. But very no. fun to see a very young Jeff Goldblum setting up his spooky career here with a different spooky yes. idea. And yep. Um, Michael Richards, of course, and um, who else? Gina Davis was fun. Like yeah. I didn't know she was in this, so so fun to to see people like that. But ultimately, I feel like you have to get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta. Uh, but if if you're someone that likes movies that just have a couple of great gags, there's some great gags in here. Like if you right if if you want to sign up for something that you're like, this is dumb but it's worth watching around spooky season. Knock yourself yeah. out. But it's not... Yeah. If, if you're going to have like a month-long Schlocktober marathon, right? this has to be a part this of it. This is in it, yeah. This is, this is the schlockiest of Schlocktober. It sure it's not going to get any schlockier than this. Even Spooky Buddies um, is, going to, is going to be less schlocky uh, than this. But there's... there Yeah, we will definitely be reviewing um, uh, some some more uh, schlocky stop october stuff um in in the next coming weeks including my favorite movie of all time so we'll, we'll get there we'll get there um but uh we also owe you a review of the episode uh of uh the floor is lava 
featuring the best friends from AEW. Well, three of them. Chuck Taylor, Chris Statlander, and Orange Cassidy. Flores Lava is ostensibly a game show where there are three teams of three people that have to navigate a room full of what appears to be boiling slime yeah. um, uh, by jumping over things. And they have to get a ticket, each of them, so they can get out of the room. So you have to go to certain spots in the room that are hard to get to to get the tickets or whatever. This apparently they have a different setup in every episode. I've never seen a different episode. This is the only one I watched. Um, and this one is was a room that looks like a kid's bedroom or a toy playroom or whatever. Which is most um, notably where you play the game before is lava. I think like I played which this is as a kid honestly all the probably time, a, a, right? a really yeah. a really good place to play it. But the other thing is that that that, that slime is very slippery and it coats almost everything. So when you have to jump from one surface to another, when you get to the next surface, that surface is going to be slippery as hell. Yes. Um, so uh, the first team that goes through are the fitness experts or whatever, and two of the three of them get through. The next one is the actors, although I've never seen any of them before, and I don't imagine I ever will. Um, but uh, they call themselves Latin Heat because two out of three of them apparently are, are Hispanic, and the third guy is like German, but apparently he's an honorary use and he's allowed to be Hispanic. I don't understand why. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, all three of them made it through. And so here we go. The last team has to make all three of them through. Otherwise, uh, the uh, the other team, uh, the first team that only made two through, they get in. Anyway, because the two best teams fight it out at the end. They race up a volcano that's slathered in slime. Yeah. So, um, Orange Cassidy, um, I'm not going to go into the, if you don't watch wrestling, but somehow you watch this show with us hosting and talking about movies, I, I you just turn this off. Because uh, there's never, there's nobody like, Orange Cassidy is so laid back uh, terminally that he has, uh, doesn't actually want to do anything. And he is, he hangs out in the doorway for like the first three minutes of the entire thing as Statlander is hopping from thing to she's scaling walls and doing big broad jumps. Um, and she's the star of the whole deal. She's the, spoiler alert, she's the only one of the three who makes it to the end. And she did it like that. No problem. Um, uh, Chuck Taylor is trying to like, like, I don't rope climb up two ropes at once and just slides down to his doom. One of the things I did love about the, I do love about the production of this is that when somebody falls in the lava, they show yes. them like like flopping around the lava and they cut to them gone. So they don't show you the person, like the crew coming out and helping them out of the lava, getting them off screen. Like you are left to assume that person died, died and in drowned lava. In, in boiling slime, um, which I think is really funny because uh, Chuck Taylor falls in and he's like, Rawr. <laughs> so then Orange Not very Cassidy good best, Chuck Taylor, no. love him to death Orange Cassidy gets his ticket and he has to hop from one air, one the end of a hopscotch thing to a big ball it's, it's got no there's nothing to, you can't stand on it it's a big ball covered in slime and so he hops to it and he clutches it like a, like a koala but from above <laughs> and then he just slides off the end of it 
And the, uh, and I will say, what has to be, and I, I've never watched another episode, and I may never, but I'm going to call it right now, it's the best moment in the history of the, the floor is lava, <laughs> is, uh, is much like the Terminator T-800 at the end of Terminator 2, sinking into the molten metal. We have, uh, we have Orange Cassidy with his not really thumbs up, sinking into the lava, just one hand going down. So good. So good. So good. I don't know. So here's the thing. If you guys uh, watch Flores Lava, you cannot miss this episode. If you don't watch Flores Lava and you think this is a silly um, uh, uh, idea for, for a TV show they've now made four seasons of, uh, I agree with you. You're right. Uh, if, you're, if you're a fan of Orange Cassidy but don't watch this show, you have to watch this episode just to watch Orange Cassidy. It's pretty great. <laughs> that's, that's all I'll say. That, that's, that's my review. That's a, a fair review. I'll just add that this was a delightful little. Um, you, we see this in wrestling all the time of of crossovers, right? Like pop culture, you see pop culture icons showing up in wrestling, and wrestling wrestlers showing up um, elsewhere in pop culture. And this this was a fun one because it's like very gimmicky, but also an athletic challenge. So it, it I felt like it it fit it. I probably won't be like an avid watcher of the show, but it was it was a, a benign and really kind of fun appearance for yeah. for that, and it was perfectly fitting. Uh, if you must know, the um, the fitness gurus uh, won the race to the top of the uh, slime slathered volcano. There you go. There's a review of the entire episode. My daughter watched it with me and loves the show. It's her new favorite show. And so oh, now, oh no. <laughs> now we're going to have her jumping over things off from couch to couch in the oh living room, gosh. breaking things, <laughs> knocking things off the walls, breaking herself probably. So I have uh, that to look forward to. Um, so that'll, that'll be that. Um, some things that I have uh, on, on the docket uh, for this month, uh, uh, as we said, Spooky Buddies for you, and I'm not sure what exactly <laughs> the my alternative is. I'm going to try and get you to watch Frankenhooker, um, which which is a, which is a comedy horror about a guy who uh, has to cobble together a girlfriend, I think, to go with him to the dance because he makes it out of uh, pieces of dead hookers. I think I think it's what it's it is. It's, yeah, it's great. It's perfect. Um, but I saw that that movie is a thing that exists and said we're watching it. Um, uh, and also, if ever there uh, was a Schlocktober film, yeah. Also, I it, it is it is beloved by my generation. Um, uh, it is it has is has a cult classic following uh, now. Uh, thirty five years after its release, it's the thirty fifth anniversary of its release this year. Uh, so uh, I want to see if it holds up. We're going to watch Monster Squad. Monster Ooh. Squad. Does the Wolfman indeed have nards? An in-depth report, <laughs> an investigative journalism piece by uh, by us here on Get the Flick Out of Here. Uh, so those are some of the things you have to look forward to uh, in the coming weeks on Schlocktoberfest. Um, uh <laughs> And we're gonna have to uh, to to yeah. So so please yes. Um, 
And if you would like Keep to weigh in about those things, go to kynchats.com. Yes. Ask right. your questions, ask your comments. Is is there something that needs to be added to Schlocktoberfest? Yes. Um, because we'll, we'll always we're always taking suggestions. Um, uh, remember, um, uh, after Schlocktoberfest comes, oh my dear God, November, um, and then uh, uh, waiting for my own December. So like, there's going to be all kinds of fun things that we're going to have to talk about going forward. December's pretty much well spoken for because that's just going to be um, uh, Kate making me watch Hallmark movies for a month, and nobody wants that. Uh, <laughs> at least of all me. I do. But but until then, guys, thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. Please leave a like on the video. That helps us out a lot. Uh, and um, we'll have to figure out later. I'm uh, we're gonna we're gonna at some point we're gonna watch my favorite movie of all time. And I know what I'm going to say, but Kate's going to tell us objectively whether or not we should get the flick out of here. Bye, everybody. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Click the subscribe button and find out what it means to me. Nah, that doesn't have a ring to it. But if you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.